a move to restore dental services for adults with Medicaid coverage in Pennsylvania, and Mr. Monopoly comes to Dauphin County. Welcome to the Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Wednesday, January 17th, and this is being recorded at 9.07 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories. Advocates and dentists are hopeful a proposal in the State House will restore dental services for adults with Medicaid coverage in the Commonwealth. Kate G. Marisi is with our partners at WESA in Pittsburgh, and she has details on the measure. Since a cost-cutting move in 2011, adults in the state's medical assistance program have had a very limited set of dental benefits. The program won't routinely cover things such as root canals unless patients show they have a serious or life-threatening condition and obtain an exception. There's a lifetime limit on one set of dentures. A bill in Harrisburg would restore those lost benefits and provide more comprehensive coverage. It passed the State House in December in a bipartisan vote. The bill is now in a state Senate committee. One estimate puts the cost to the state at about $40 million annually to restore the coverage, but advocates say it could be less if preventative care leads to long-term health care savings. More than 3 million people statewide are enrolled in Medicaid. Older adults and people with disabilities in Pennsylvania are now eligible for property tax rebates. James Ziprod is with our friends at WDIY in Allentown, and he reports Governor Josh Shapiro made a stop in Bethlehem to tout the property tax rent rebate program. With the new program, hundreds of thousands of older and disabled Pennsylvanians will now be eligible for a rebate up to $1,000. Governor Shapiro talked about some older residents like Angelina Roque, who lives at the Litzenberger House in Bethlehem where the governor spoke, who expressed their struggles with paying for housing on top of other expenses. These are the stories of Pennsylvania seniors, and you should be able to enjoy your golden years. And I know for many of you, a few hundred extra bucks in your pocket helped make that much easier. Angelina Roque took the podium to share her feelings on the PTRR as someone who's been a part of it for years. Housing is really one of the most expensive items, and we really don't want to have to make choices between housing and other expenses like medications and groceries. Having this extra boost makes me feel more secure. The program's income limits have been raised to $45,000. Both homeowners and renters will be able to participate. The changes will make the program available to almost 175,000 additional Pennsylvanians. A Washington, D.C. law firm led by advisors to former President Donald Trump has filed a lawsuit against the Pine Richland School District, which is north of Pittsburgh. Jillian Forstad is also with WESA and reports the complaint challenges policies that protect the privacy of students exploring their gender identity at school, but maybe not at home. Pine Richland requires school officials to obtain student consent before notifying parents of any changes to their gender expression. That includes using different pronouns or a name that better aligns with their gender identity. Attorneys with America First Legal say that encroaches on parents' rights. But experts say outing a student comes with real risks to their well-being. Jewel Arnay is with the Hugh Lane Wellness Foundation, which works to improve health outcomes among LGBTQ youth. And when we take away their autonomy and we out them to their parents, we potentially put them in a very dangerous situation. Many youth get kicked out of their homes or abandoned by families due to being LGBTQ. 
And that's a very real thing that happens right here. So under federal law, parents can view their child's education records, but schools are not legally required to notify them of any changes. Leaders with Pine Richland declined to comment. And central Pennsylvania is being turned into a new version of the classic board game Monopoly. My colleague Ben Wasserstein reports it will have a Dauphin County edition. Details about local references on the board have yet to be decided because Dauphin residents are encouraged to submit suggestions. John Moreno is sales executive at Top Trumps, a licensing partner for Hasbro. He says the goal of the game is to show off Dauphin County from a local resident's perspective. It's not what some guy from New Jersey's idea of a Dauphin County Monopoly board is. It's what Dauphin County wants to represent. So it's my goal to talk to everybody in the area that should be represented. With that being said, I am calling upon the people of Dauphin County to help me out with this project. All right, so Monopoly fans and hometown cheerleaders like you can submit suggestions at dauphincountyattoptrumps.com. That's dauphincountyattoptrumps.com. Trumps.com. They'll go through a vetting process to ensure they come from locals, and the game will be sold at retailers across the region and through some bigger sellers such as Amazon and CBS this fall. Okay, it is time on the morning agenda where I bring you a couple of stories that I found while perusing about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania this morning. Here's the first one. The city of York has experienced its lowest homicide rate in several years. The York Daily Record reports it dropped from 23 in 2022 to 8 last year. That is a 65% change. Homicides committed with a firearm were down 75%. City Police Commissioner Mike Muldrow attributes the decline to how the police department has responded by changing its methods and how it approaches violent crime. But the trend is mixed in other cities across the region, like Harrisburg, which reported 13 homicides in 2023, which were down from 23 the previous year. But Lancaster saw an increase from a dozen in 2022 to 18 last year. And a Gettysburg school board member says she's tired of seeing teachers wearing jeans and T-shirts. The Gettysburg Times reports Michelle Simers raised the issue during a discussion on a proposed policy on employee professional attire. She says she would like to see teachers dress appropriately. The draft policy notes employees shall be physically clean, neat, well-groomed, and dressed in a manner consistent with their assigned job responsibility. Board President Kenneth Hassinger notes he believes the policy was addressing attire based on each position, meaning teachers in shop and welding courses could dress differently than, say, one in a language arts class. Just want to remind you that The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast and on WITF's YouTube channel. And be sure to check out our monthly Spotify playlist. This month's is called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, January 2024. And my song of the day comes from Delight. And I think it's their only hit. And I really just want to sing it because that's how the title sounds best. But I'm just going to say it's Groove is in the Heart. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda today. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. I'm, of course, your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. I always appreciate your company. So be well. Enjoy the rest of the day while staying warm. And we'll talk again tomorrow.